This is Mitch Album with Ken Brown on 760 WJR, where Michigan comes to talk. All right, back here on 760 WJR. Let's see, I haven't really even laid out what we're uh, doing here, but in a second we're going to talk about the new development by the Supreme Court with regard to the Michigan no-fault cases and a rare positive moment in this development. we got a best of the week. We've got uh, a visit from the Prez, more than the death of Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. Mm. Uh, President Biden finally acknowledges that he has a seventh grandchild. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one. Mm. Did the invisible handshake with it. He's going to give out the invisible Christmas present to it, too. <laughs> Change the world. Yeah. And two out of five young adults think marriage is obsolete. Wow. Mm. That's not good. That's a lot. Yeah. 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 Uh, right now, let's, uh, let's start with what we mentioned. Uh, so the Michigan Supreme Court uh, upheld by a vote of five to two that uh, people who had been receiving catastrophic uh, brain injury and uh, car injury care under the old auto no-fault cannot have those fees reduced. This had been a challenge that had been brought because, of course, the insurance companies, happy now that they don't have to pay to any new cases, that's not enough. They wanted then to go back and not have to pay for the old cases. And it went all the way to the Supreme Court of Michigan, who decided in their favor. Tim Hosty is the president of CIM, of CPAN, not, God knows, not CSPAN, of CPAN, the Coalition Protecting Auto No Fault. Tim, good to talk to you. How are you doing? I am doing well. Thanks for having me on. Okay. Um, so what does this development mean? Um, well, I mean, first of all, this is an absolutely huge victory for the rights of uh, anyone who was injured in uh, an auto accident prior to this law changing. Um, the Supreme Court's um, decision today finally marks the beginning of the end of the nightmare uh, that over 18,000 survivors and their families have been living for, for the past, um, you know, multiple years now. Um, it, it really just finally allows them to get back to the level of care and, and recovery that they just desperately need. Um, and I'm looking forward to to seeing things start to fall into, into place for them finally. Well, so the Supreme Court says that they are not allowed to have their benefits stripped, which is what the insurance companies were doing. However, they come back to a much changed landscape. Because many of the benefits that they were receiving were coming from outfits that are no longer in business. Because as a general rule, they could not uh, stay in business with future customers as well as past ones having to be billed at those low rates. So a lot of those rehab centers that were specialty places for auto accident uh, victims and all have closed up. How do we we sort of um, balance that with this decision today? Well, no, I mean, you're, you're 100% right. I mean, this, this industry has been challenged beyond all, all belief over the past number of years. And we've seen, um, you know, providers close up or no longer take auto. And that's something that isn't going to change over overnight. Uh, unfortunately, you know, today's um, decision just can't, um, like, 
flip a light switch on and everything goes and goes back. It is going to take a while for the post-acute industry to reestablish it itself. Um, but the overall good news is, is that the funding to do it is going to be there and it allows those, those providers who were able to stay in business over the past couple of years to really step up what they've, they've been doing and be able to serve people as best that they possibly can and also open up the doors to help up others. Give me an example. You know, let's just take a, either a fictional case or maybe one that you know of the benefits that somebody had up till 2019, then what happened in the interim, and now what's going to happen now? Well, we can uh, talk about a case uh, of a person uh, who was one of the strongest auto no-fault advocates that we have had for uh, a number of years. Uh, Brian, Brian uh, Woodward was a gentleman who was injured uh, in an auto accident in 1983, uh, paralyzed from the shoulders down. Um, I have, was very fortunate to get to know Brian uh, over the past couple couple of years, and um, he was one that, despite all of the challenges that he, he had, um, he was able to live in his own home. He worked a full-time job for many, many years. He was active in hunting and fishing and in his church, and he coached Little League Baseball. He, he, he lived a very, very full life and advocated for the rights of auto accident survivors. Um, when the law changed, Brian quickly found himself unable to stay in his own home because the attendant care companies and nursing companies that provided the 24-hour in-home care closed up and the rates that were available to other providers just were not making it possible. And Brian went from one nursing home to a rehab facility to a hospital and was just bouncing, bouncing around. Um, sadly, Brian Woodward passed away this morning, about oh. 90 minutes before the Supreme Court ruling came, mm. came, came, came down. And I, I think that is, is absolutely just highlights, one, how long this issue has been, been going, going on, and two, just the needless suffering and loss of life that went on because of it. Wow. Hmm. Is it your belief that had there not been an interruption in these benefits, he'd be alive today? I do. Definitely. Well, that's a heavy thing. Uh, and the people who are responsible for changing this, I hope they're listening. And the people who are responsible for supporting it, including many of our politicians all the way up to the governor, I hope they're listening to that. When I have talked passionately about this, it's because there are some issues that are just theoretical and political, and whatever side you're on, you have a right to your side. And then there are issues that affect the life and death of our fellow citizens, and those issues you have to scream about. And we scream about this because exactly what that, that example of Mr. Woodward that you just spoke about, um, which is tragic. And I can only pray that uh, I'm already thinking of how many people I have interviewed or just seen again, who I've known over the past four years, who have told me about how they, what's been cut down, what they haven't been able to do, what they lost. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of it had to do with who got to take care of them. So let me ask you, you know, a lot of it was some of these people were getting to be taken care of by their own families because the families could get reimbursed at a particular rate that allowed them, you know, allowed a father or a mother who otherwise would have to work to stay home and, and, and take care of the child and still have the income or an income that allowed them to work. And then all of a sudden that got cut by 45% or whatever. And, and so they couldn't do it. And they had to, they had to uh, 
uh, try to hire outside nurses or put their, their children or their loved ones in a home. Will that now change for the 18000 or so before? Will their families now be able to go back to being reimbursed that way? Yes, that, that is something that um, we are definitely going to see. And that's one of the areas I think we can start to see some real positive progress come much, much quicker um, is that this is going to go through and um, make sure that any of those, those those caps that have been put on the non-agency provided care, so the family provided care, they will once again have that option to be able to provide the, the, the care and be compensated for it. Is this a springboard for any other challenges to this law, which is a god-awful law? It, 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 it definitely is god-awful. Um, you know, we really look at this as this is, again, a huge victory for anyone who was injured prior to uh, Governor Whitmer signing Public Act 21 and 22 in the law, uh, which occurred on um, June 11, 2019. But reality is we have people who have been catastrophically injured since then, and people get injured every single day. Right. And these these restrictions and these absolutely horrible, um, you know, rate limits that are, are on them are drastically impacting somebody's ability to get the care that they need and recover to their maximum maximum ability. We have a fight that needs to be finished here. We need to make sure that the stories like Brian do not continue to did happen to anyone who was injured after this law changed. And we are calling on the Michigan House and Michigan Senate to prioritize fixing this fee schedule when they come, when they come back in September. The post-acute industry and, and CPAN, yes, CPAN is here to advocate and fight for accident victims and providers who care for them. But we are also here as a consumer advocate to make sure that Michiganders are able to not only have insurance premiums, that are fair, but they also have an insurance product, an insurance policy that has value and will be there for them whenever right. they need it. Hopefully they won't, but if they do, we want to make sure they have access to the care that well, they are going to We, gonna, we hope that you can continue that good work. I appreciate your enlightening us on this, and and I, I'm very happy and send out a, uh, a, a smile and a, and a pat on the back to all those people and faces who I have talked to over the last four years who had their benefits taken away, who at least get a piece of them back, if not all the places, at least the right to uh, have it covered. Um, and I, I hope they can take a breath now uh, for, because it's been an awful four years for them. Hopefully some more good things to come. Tim Hosty, president of CPAN, appreciate your coming on. Thank you. Thank you. It's 760 WJR.